Welcome to Bullships, where we use pop culture to initiate conversations, call out the myths portrayed in entertainment, and empower listeners with information to improve relationships. We're your hosts, Kelly and Stephanie. Hello? Oh, uh, hi. (laughs) And it is recording. Um, And so welcome everyone to episode 51, Happily Ever the Bachelor Finale. And if you hear us sounding super weird (laughs) is because with everything going on, um, we also wanted to do our part in, you know, helping not spread um, the coronavirus. And so right now, Kelly and I are trying to record this podcast and being in completely different places. Yeah. <laughs> I know, so, we'll see how it goes. Exactly. So we apologize for um, any audio issues or, um, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, but hang with us and hopefully it'll be a uh, a fun episode yeah. for you guys to listen how to. Could, how could it not be fun when we talk about right? my favorite show, The Bachelor? I know, I know. Well, and and full full disclosure, I did not actually watch this season. I watched maybe the first three episodes, um, and I am just – Peter was one of my favorites last season, um, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> He like completely self-destructed in like the first three episodes for me. <laughs> he kind of did. What what did you like about him on Hannah's season? Um, on Hannah's season, I mean, he just seemed so like nice and um, I don't know, like personality-wise, it almost felt like in enough in the small little like like small information that I got from him you know he was only on screen for like you know a couple of minutes at a time (laughs) so I felt like that was totally fine um but when he had a whole season dedicated to himself I think that like that that made it hard to watch yeah well it's funny because in Hannah's season what part of his his appeal in my opinion was that he was so chill and like laid Mm -hmm. back but then when he got his time, he was like, yeah, so romantic and yeah, uh, just like made her feel like on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that totally backfired with him this know. season, uh, you know, because he didn't yeah. have like a backbone and he Mm-mm. didn't set boundaries and he didn't um, know what he was looking for. He didn't know what he was looking for. And so he would have that pa- those passionate, intimate moments with mm-hmm. everybody rather yep. than just like one person that yeah. he was, you know, kind of, that was, you know, in the lead or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. with roles reversed, he really, he really struggled. I know. I know. And, and even in the first couple of episodes, like I was saying, it was very much like he just felt very much emotionally all overwhelmed all the time that I felt like he canceled <laughs> so many, like, hang out with the girls that I was like oh my god is he ever even gonna really like meet them ever because he kept canceling it was hard it was hard hard for poor Peter it was (laughs) it was um but I actually well so one of the reasons why I didn't continue to watch it besides Peter being boring sorry Peter um but was because I didn't know if I would like the aspect of the girls fighting over a guy you know yeah you know girl power and so 
felt really like seeing that. And so um, I actually felt like, I mean, and again, I only watched the first couple <laughs> episodes and then the end, but at least what I've seen on like social media, like the girls really seem to bond. And maybe that's something that happens on other seasons, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it does usually happen on most seasons. Okay. Um, and it, and it, but this was a unique cast in that they, I don't, I shouldn't say they all, they, they've had more bonding in the past, I would yeah. say, because they, okay. Um, okay. I think they tried to come together pretty well um, at some points of it. So they were like, why aren't we on the worst season ever? <laughs> oh, God, I know. Well, and their bachelor was not very helpful in that. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, yeah, it was, they, they do become pretty good friends throughout the whole thing, which I always yeah. find so intriguing because I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd be such a psycho if I had to <laughs> share my boyfriend with people. So, yeah, that would be very for these girls. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So to... Yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I feel like I'd probably be getting ahead of myself, but one yeah. of the girls that really got, a, it appeared to get along the most with the um, other, other girls was Hannah Ann, mm-hmm. who, as we know, was the winner slash loser of this yeah. whole thing. And, yes. and it really spoke to like her. I think that's why she was so well received by mm-hmm. Peter's parents mm-hmm. was because she just had that kind of like cool, laid back, connected with everybody type mm-hmm. attitude you know mm-hmm. good or bad comes with good and bad of course but mm-hmm. I could see why Barb was uh was on was team Hannah Ann you know yeah what I mean? yeah <laughs> for sure so to narrow down um you know what we're actually going to talk about is uh is actually the finale so the two-part finale mm-hmm. um that received a lot of attention um because of Peter's mom Barb um her name's Barbara but we're gonna call her Barb <laughs> Barb mm-hmm. and uh and the backlash slash you know attention she's received by the way she responded to um you know to the the choices the um yeah the 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 girls that were left you know um wasn't well wasn't really received well by social media Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they've never they've never had a parent be so involved before, mm. so that was a first. And we all knew that Barb was going to be a part of the season in some capacity because she just like blew up on social media on yeah. Hannah B's season when they went to the hometowns. That's so true. True. You know and what I mean? Yeah. That so, promo where she was crying mm-hmm. all the time. So <laughs> she she makes for good TV. So what are they what are they gonna do? Yeah. So they so she was what we wanted to talk about today was how sometimes our parents um can influence. Yeah. I don't know. How do we want to say it? Is that right? Overstep boundaries um, yeah. to our relationships. And and again, you know, I know we're talking about parents because uh, that's what happened in, you know, at the at the end of, of this bachelor where, you know, Barb was very open and saying, like, I don't like Maddie. I really like mm-hmm. Anna Ann. And if you try it with Maddie, like it's not going to work and blah, blah, blah. blah. And so um, yeah, like you said, you know, what, what happens when you have maybe a parent that oversteps boundaries, whether it's relationship wise, whether it's, you know, um, choosing what, 
career you should go into. Yeah. Um, you know, what are what are things that you can do about it? And I and I think what makes it a little bit tricky is, you know, it's family. And and as we've said before, you know, on this on this podcast is family always makes things a little bit tricky because there's all these expectations people have around it, you know, of like um, you know, family knows best and family are the people closest to you and they know you better or usually than you know yourself. And so there's all these societal expectations and personal expectations, but, you know, they're also human. Parents are also human as well. And, and you know, they're not, they're not always going to be right. And so, yeah, what do you think about that? How do you, how do you, I guess, you know, protect yourself, for lack of better words, against parents that, you know, overstep boundaries? Well, I think a lot of it is kind of understanding where it comes from in the first place. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we'll just kind of look at the example with Peter and Barb and the the whole fam, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think is what what's unique about this family is that it's two sons and two parents. Mm -hmm. And the son, Peter, is Mm -hmm. 28 years old. And Mm -hmm. then the brother, I can't remember his name, but he is, I don't know, 25 or so. Yeah, yeah. And they both live at home Mm -hmm. and there's no, you know, no judgment on anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I do think that oftentimes when everybody is living under the same roof, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to establish Mm -hmm. those boundaries of like independent living or independent Mm -hmm. um, Mm decision-making. And, and so I, I suspect that maybe that was never really um, emphasized. It was more of like, and you can see too, when they, um, when, as they kind of, and again, this is all through my, um, my knowledge of them through social media, Yes, of but course. They, they, <laughs> right. They tend to travel together. Like mm-hmm. no, no pun intended. Cause they're yeah. all pilots yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but they're like, they're, they're like a, like a pack. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if they tend to have sort sort of like an enmeshment mm-hmm. with their family dynamics mm-hmm. and they really, um, they like collectively decide things yeah. or, um, there's a heavy weight on the opinions of mom and dad, whereas, yeah. you know, some, some families are more, um, let, you know, kind of let their child make their own decision, yeah. whatever, cause they're an adult. And so I think just the family structure kind of, um, speaks to their decision-making abilities yeah. or the way that they move forward in their life, you know, yeah. or kind of, you know, in that, in that pack mentality, you know, of like mm-hmm. y'all feel this way. And so let's all get on the same page. And yeah, that can help with, um, you know, what does everyone want to eat today? (laughs) You know, or like things exactly that like really don't matter. But when it gets hard is when, like you said, you try to exert your individuality or, you know, Peter's the only one who knows the relationship that he has with these women um, and the experiences that they had and all parents have is, you know, meeting them for the first time. And maybe as they're watching it, you know, when it, when it happens and maybe what Peter tells them, but you know, that, that there comes a point where, you know, you also have to be an individual and you're the expert on your life. Um, so no matter how close people think, you know, they are to you or that they know you so well, you know, in the end, they can't ever fully know, um, what your feelings are, what your experience is, what, what you're, what you're thinking. And like you said, if you're so close, it can be hard to exercise that individuality because it it almost seems like it's 
it's not accepted. Like you have to fall in line or we're going to make it miserable for you. I.e. me crying. <laughs> me saying like, totally mean things. Like not having yeah. his back. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Me saying mean things about, you know, you and this relationship you chose to be in. And so, you know, I could see why, you know, maybe you'd back down from that or Peter would back down from that, you know? So Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's funny too, with um, looking at the way that the mom liked Hannah Ann mm-hmm. rather than instead of Maddie mm-hmm. was because Hannah Ann kind of would, would have fit in that, you know, quote unquote pack that mm-hmm. they had. She kind of fell in line. Whereas Maddie, in her opinion, did not think that she could yeah. um, kind of fit in that. And I think that what, what happens here is that either Peter never got the opportunity to um, kind of explore his independence or mm-hmm. individuality in, in some of his decision making. Yeah. Therefore, this is maybe an attempt at doing that. Yeah. And it kind of crashed and burned. Yeah. Absolutely. And so trying, you know, and, and that's a hard thing to do. I think it's unfortunate that it kind of played out through, you know, on national TV, but mm-hmm. that's, that's the name of the game, yeah. you know, exactly. that, that I hope that it, I hope that people can kind of watch this as an example of what happens when you don't kind of get to express your own, mm-hmm. um, like, what were you saying? Like, you're, like, you're, you're an expert on your, you're an expert. Own on life. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's so true. And being able mm-hmm. to kind of express that to your family, let them, let them get to know you as well. So that mm-hmm. when you do make decisions, they're, they trust you, yeah, you know, absolutely. And that does come from, you know, sometimes, you know, flying the nest. And I mean, it can mm-hmm. happen if you're still, you know, living at home, it just sometimes can be a little bit harder. Because if, if you haven't known anything different, you know, if you haven't gone out to experience, you know, kind of life on your own, it can be a little bit hard to realize like, oh, this is actually what I like. And not just something that I have to accept, because you know, I'm here with my family. And not to keep hating on Barb because, you know, right. we can we don't we don't want to hate on anyone's mom. I mean, we don't really know her, but um, but also, you know, seeing her perspective on all of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I, I feel like we've talked about this before, um, you know, but about the transition that parents go through when their children are becoming individuals. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for so long in our lives, our parents do everything for us. You know, when we can't talk, when we're babies, they soothe us, they feed us, they change us, they keep us safe, they protect us. Um, and as you grow older, there's a little bit of that grieving process for them where they don't have that big of a role really anymore they can't control us they can't you know we you know we have our own decisions um but I think that that can be hard for parents especially like you said if the lines are a little bit blurred with kiddos still living at or uh you know kiddos still really relying on parents for their insight you know how could you you know how could you not kind of you know like I said, you know, it makes those role, it makes that role a little bit murky. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do think it's, there's got to be a ver- um, an absolute like awareness of mm-hmm. this transition happening and knowing what that looks like. Cause even, I mean, we all, we all, if we're lucky enough to have our parents as adults, we could definitely use like their guidance and their mm-hmm. wisdom, but it kind of comes in a different form. It's not, it's not like, um, it's not parental anymore. It's more of like, um, 
I don't know, like a, like a mentor or, mm-hmm. a, or something like that. Perspective, mm-hmm. you know, of it's, just like, this is, you know, let me just share this from my experience and then you do with it as you will versus mm-hmm. what we were seeing from Barb, which was, I'm going to use every tool possible to, you know, right to make you feel bad saying mean things to make you feel bad so that you fall in line into what I need you to do or I want you to do and you know you know not not really not really the best setup for a healthy relationship between you know child and child and parents right something I was thinking about too is you know because I know a lot of there's a lot of statistics out there that are saying I think it's I think it's millennials but it might be the generation behind millennials that are moving back home like after college so Mm -hmm. it's it's not necessarily you know that's we know that moving back home can be common for some people Mm -hmm. a little surprising for Peter because I feel like he has a well-paying job but that's beside the point yeah (laughs) Uh, that if if you are going to move if you're you know over the age of let's say 21 to whatever 21 up Mm -hmm. and you back home it's it's not necessarily like oh my gosh you're I'm back. Yay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so I think it's just about um, how you kind of have those conversations, but when you move in, when you move back in mm-hmm. to home and making sure that there, that um, you and your parents are on the same page mm-hmm. so that you can start to kind of pave that path of independence mm-hmm. and kind of transitioning into that more supportive role for parents rather than, you know, keeping them kind of in the parental role. Exactly. And something that tends to happen is, um, you know, we get so used to the patterns um, that we have with our family that, like you said, when we move back in, we don't think about, you know, having those intentional conversations about like how our relationship is different Mm -hmm. or how I need you now, you know, where I am in my life right now versus, how I needed you when I lived here as a teenager. Um, and so I like that idea of, of having that intentional conversation to say, this is how our relationship looks like now, because it can probably, it can probably strengthen the relationship that you have. Oh, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, because yeah, it's respecting kind of the, the adulthood. Exactly. So I think, you know, with that being said, having, you know, kind of establishing those boundaries, mm-hmm. being able to kind of, you know, transition Mm -hmm. into a more mature, you know, adult, adult Mm -hmm. relationship, Mm -hmm. we wanted to kind of explore how important it is to listen to other people's input on your relationship. Exactly. What do you think about that? So, so much to say about that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There really is. I know, right? Well, and especially, again, going back to the Peter situation, there's all of these quotes, you know, of like, mom knows best or um, I think one of the ones that she said was you know all his closest friends all his family members like they all know that the relationship with him and Maddie aren't going to work out so almost this like social pressure of wanting him to change his you know decision and you can tell Peter struggles with it because he's like no one knows what my actual relationship is with her or how I actually feel about you know, Maddie. And so, um, 
I mean, overall, regarding other people's opinions on your relationship, you know, in the end, going back to what I said earlier, you know, in the end, you're the expert of your life. I do feel like the people that know you um, can maybe, you know, point out things or suggest things for you to just think about. Um, but in the end, you know, I'm a I'm a big believer of it's your life, you know, even though those people love you and care about you, they don't have to live with the consequences, you know, um, of staying together or breaking up or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, I think that they can be, they can be a a factor in what you think about or a perspective of what you think about regarding your relationship, but to be the end all be all, um, that would be hard. And I think if it was the end all be all in this example, it would be more of the same Mm -hmm. with the Webbers. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that family and friends can totally give wonderful input and point things out that sometimes Let's be honest, when we're in a relationship, especially in this fast paced scenario that they're in, where it's like, you know, we're in love, it's been five minutes, and we're in love, and we're gonna get married, that sometimes like kind of we were talking about with love is blind is that there's a lot of practical things that I think couples forget about exploring. Mm -hmm. And when it's so fast paced, and families and friends, they can kind of point those things out. Yeah, one of the things that was so funny um, with the with the Webbers, is that it, it, I believe that Maddie either doesn't drink. She, she definitely, um, is saving her, um, she's saving herself for mm-hmm. marriage. She's very, religious. And she, very religious. And she, what she had talked about it openly in the season that she wants like a faith leader in her house mm-hmm. and in her husband. Mm-hmm. And she also, um, I don't think she drinks alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like I think when she had, um, the, the toast, uh-huh. it would always be with like, whatever cider yeah. or something like that <laughs> which whatever like, yeah th- that that's her jam mm-hmm. which is a little surprising that she even went on the bathroom yeah. but that's a whole nother yeah. conversation yeah but she um the, the family they were so funny they were like but peter likes to party. yeah like what <laughs> are you gonna what's gonna happen when he's going line dancing <laughs> and not wanting to wake up for church on sunday how are you gonna feel about that <laughs> Exactly. And the brother legitimately asked him straight up. He's like, can you really wait to have sex before marriage? Like with such concern, which I, it just, it shows that they, you know, they, they are noticing things that, Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, those are legitimate things to consider. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and when I was watching this, you know, I had seen all the drama on social media with, uh, you know, with, Barb, you know, Barb's reaction and like how the family was acting and all of this. So at first I was like, very, like, you know, surprised at how all of this is going down. But then when I actually watched the finale, and they were asking these questions that I thought were, you know, really something you should take into consideration, you know, (laughs) I, you know, like I said, their perspective was coming from, I feel like a good place. It's just, they did not seem patient in waiting for Peter to make his own decision for himself it's almost like we're asking you the question but we need you to say right now that we're right and that you're going to do what we want you to do that is so perfectly said Mm -hmm. yes that like totally encapsulates what what they're talking about yes and it's 
which I think made that's what made it so confusing for him uh-huh. is that he didn't really get that opportunity to come to the decision. Ultimately, you know, uh-huh. um, I don't know if this is breaking news <laughs> to you all, but Peter and Maddie have broken yeah. up. Um, but I think that it he you're right. He needed that time to uh-huh. kind of come to that decision on his uh-huh. own rather than just being forced. And I think he would have. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I think they would have you know, gotten to that place where they would have probably, you know, logistically just been like, you know, I don't think this is going to work. But you know, uh, you know, what people tend to say is when you try to push somebody in a certain direction, you know, or you try to control your child's relationship, or you try to, you know, uh, really exert your power over their, you know, their, your children's choice, like they'll rebel, or, you know, sometimes they'll fall in line. And maybe they were very used to Peter falling in line, and he was rebelling. And so that's why I feel like mom almost like escalated her way, Barb almost escalated her ways. Um, to kind of have him fit into his normal pattern, which maybe is fall in line, you know? So again, it went from like, we're just talking to you calmly. And then she started like, her emotions started going off. And you can even tell Peter was like, you've got to stop doing this, you know? Um, And then, and then it just went into mean, you know? And I think she was pulling out all the stops in order Mm -hmm. to get what she wanted. And, you know, and again, I, I, I do believe that she did have the best intention and wanting to protect her son, but just the way she went about it was just really hard to watch. Totally hard to watch. And I hope that they've kind of talked through that too. Cause it sounds, and I, I mean, it's two things. One, I feel really um, concerned for Peter's next part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, you know, the family yep. dynamics yep. that you're walk- walking into. Yep. Or two, this is an opportunity for the family to really kind of reassess how they uh, allow their son to gain their own sense of self and Absolutely. especially in regards to Absolutely. I know I was on uh, <laughs> I was on Barb's social media and I guess the youngest son, um, I don't know if he's dating someone or engaged or something. And so um, she posted a photo of you know, her, her youngest son and his girlfriend or something or fiance. And the comments underneath were just like, hope you don't ruin this relationship like you did Peter's. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> it's so intense. <laughs> oh, man, and- Bachelor Nation really uh, goes, goes hard on people. I know, I know. Um, so to kind of wrap it all up, you know, the mm-hmm. the bullshit that we wanted to to highlight is you know you found the right person when your family gets along with them (laughs) Mm. Um, bullshit bullshit um because as we know um that yeah I mean I'm sure it makes things easier you know if your family gets along with them but you know in the end it's your life and um you know what matters is more of your relationship with that person versus, you know, with, with the family. Yeah. And it, and and it's a, it's a, um, it's a relationship Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's going to take a little bit of time and effort to get to know and, and learn about that person. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't, the thing about, you know, Barb and Maddie, which I've kind of um, had in the back of my head is I think Barb and Maddie are actually very similar people. Mm -hmm. Um, but to the point where it's a little bit scary for, cause look, think about it. Barb was a little hard headed, yeah. pretty stubborn, yeah. pretty vocal. Yeah. 
Um, so was Maddie. Maddie, Maddie right? stuck to her beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yep, stuck to her beliefs. She spoke up. She didn't back down. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Um, she held firm to she held firm to her belief system, yep. just like the mom yep. did. And so I think with that clashing, yep, is because there's such such similarities. Yeah. And sometimes you got to learn to kind of break through that. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. Hey, total side yeah. note, but and um, a little off topic, but not. Did you finish watching Love Is Blind? Yeah. Did you see um how Kelly and Kenny's families when they met, it was like freaking. I don't know, peanut butter and jelly. Yes, like they, they just, like, even, even at the wedding when they didn't get married, the uh, Kelly's mom was like, man, I really like this guy. <laughs> like, I, like she, I think she likes him better than her own daughter. <laughs> like, that is a mess. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> so talk about the opposite, right? Uh, Is that oh. These families met and it was just like, beautiful yeah. like couldn't have gone any better and the couple itself didn't yeah. work out exactly it's just so- I love that you brought up that um that example because you're right that's another thing that can influence the you know this is kind of going on the side of like they're saying no 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 and you want to say yes but you're right what right. if the family's like we love them and the relationship just isn't working out anymore and you know mm-hmm. feeling like you're letting all of those people down but in reality you know this relationship isn't going to work anymore and again you know being able to have the strength and individuality to say that and stick up for that and you know you are going to you know maybe make some people sad or mad um but again, I mean, in the end, you've got to live your truth. You got to live with what is best for you and yourself, because in the end, you're the one living with your consequences. So I love that example. Yeah. So the takeaway <laughs> is, um, mm-hmm. you know, being aware what outside opinions are influencing you. I know here we talked about, you know, your partner or your romantic relationship, but it can also be about, you know, are they influencing really any life decision that, you know, you have for yourself, whether it's your career, whether it's about becoming a parent, whether it's about your parenting, you know, is, are there people in your life that influence that? um, Or you feel emotional pressure from them in one way or another. And, um, you know, and, and, and are you even aware of that? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, and being, when, once you do, once you are aware of it or you become aware of it, um, you're able to kind of communicate those things either to your partner, to your family or whatever. And it just can really give you a sense of freedom, again, a sense of independence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really kind of assessing, is there, how, how much of, how much of my life am I, am I living or leading for, for my, for what the, what's the best for mm-hmm. me or how much am I doing these things because um, other people are telling me to. Yeah. So just, you know, that's what we're all about. Exactly. Is kind of taking some, and just yeah. to dive a little bit deeper with that, you know, um, there can be, you know, I'm like, there can be some of us, because um, I would include myself in the circle where, you know, growing up, you um, based your, I don't know, happiness around how much other people thought you were doing great things, you know, so if Mm -hmm. you followed the rules, or if you did well in school, or if you did, you know, did all these things, if you really allowed other people to um, 
build your sense of self. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because we all kind of use other people's opinions to, uh, you know, kind of show us who we are as people, but And take three. <laughs> Keep getting disconnected. That's so fun. Um, I totally forgot what I was saying with that. But um, basically, the gist of it was that, um, that, you know, if we tend to use other people's opinions as a big driving factor of our lives, it's, um, you know, having to even be a little bit more cautious of, you know, am I doing this to make other people happy? Or am I doing this because this is what I feel like is right for me and learning to sit in discomfort, learning to sit in that other people are sometimes going to be disappointed or sad or mad about our decisions. Um, as long as we know that it's the right thing for us and we were doing it with the best intention, you know, we cannot prevent other people from feeling things. And, you know, one of the biggest lessons I think is learning to sit with that discomfort and that it's going mm -hmm. to pass and that that's not going to shape who you are as a person just yep. because you made somebody else happy or sad. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the end of this episode. We'll see how we piece it all together. Yes. <laughs> so that I know, it this, I, makes sense. <laughs> I know. I think it's, it sounds good from our end. So yeah, hopefully you all can hear us well. Sounds good on your guys' end. Um, yeah. So stay safe out there. Wash your yes. hands. Um, you know, don't touch your face. <laughs> um, use hand sanitizer. I know it's a hard time right now with social distancing and all of that. But um, luckily, you have 50 additional bullshit episodes that you can listen to. So if That's you need right. to up on any of them, do that. Um, but um, we hopefully will see you here next time. That sounds great. Right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Bullships, please head over to your podcast player to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Disclaimer, the information and resources contained in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to assess, diagnose, or treat any medical and or mental health condition. The use of this podcast does not imply nor establish any type of therapist-client relationship. Furthermore, the information obtained from this podcast should not be considered a substitute for a thorough medical and or mental health evaluation by an appropriately credentialed and licensed professional.